1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey, welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast, a late Monday edition. It's freaking dark outside already at 525. It's very frustrating on the East Coast, JJ, as far south as we
2: are. Well, I think this is the week. The sunset right now, and where we are, is 505, I think. Some like yeah, I my mean, If you're listening to this, Further up the uh, the East Coast, you're like, 505, man, it'd be great to yeah. have 505. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think it's, yeah. Either way, I'm John, he's JJ, it's a late day podcast. We're a little bit delayed in recording the podcast today because of uh, magazine stuff going on and uh, we do still have this, this wonderful print product that you can subscribe to at Baseball America and also uh, Rule 5 Fever.
2: Rule yes. 5 Fever's
1: kind of taking us over a little bit. We
2: will, we will do... <laughs> I was about to say we will do a Rule 5 podcast. And that's so funny as then to <laughs> defy expectation. Uh, no, we will do Rule 5 podcasts, you know, by, uh, I mean, hey, if I got a good Wi-Fi, maybe I'll just do like a 24-hour Rule 5 marathon podcast, you know, like or, uh, live streaming or whatever from the winter meetings, you know.
1: It is kind of amazing that um, the Rule 5 draft, in some ways, I, I do love how, people who are our readers get so into it and that we get so into it and another way it's amazing how at the end of the winter meetings it is such an afterthought process you get in that room roy crassick mlb they're organized up there roy gets up there matt eddie and i love doing a couple of roy crassick impersonations chicago white Sox, you know he says it very distinctively new york Mets, you know very distinctively says these things but it's just like boom 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 and it's over and it really and it's is over
2: too soon and it, for me it's very much it's like it's over. And then, like, you literally, you turn around, and everyone, pretty much everyone at the winter meetings has gathered in this giant It's banquet. a big ballroom. This ballroom. And, and one wall of the ballroom usually has, like, everyone's roller bags. Yes. <laughs> you Cause, know? Cause, and, but literally, they finish the final pick of the double-A phase, which usually goes, like, five players deep. You know, they finish the double-A phase. You run around, and literally at that point, it is, for us, it is team, a team effort of, you're going to get these guys, I'm going to get these guys, yeah, because, talk. Yep. because you know you literally have like a 10 to ten minute window to get pro scouting directors, GMs, assistant GMs to talk rule five, and then you turn around and it's like, there's like 12 people left there.
1: That's it. <laughs> it's really, it empties out fast. It de-escalates quickly. Yes. I mean, it just
2: <laughs> disappears. It really does. And so, then it's like, and then it's like the next uh, two hours, it's just right, 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 right. And so it's sometimes fun. write in a taxi or an Uber on the way to the airport because you got to catch your own flight.
1: It is a very fun process. We enjoyed bringing it to you. Uh, we enjoyed writing the, I'd say we, J.J., definitely spearheaded it uh, Friday afternoon. Here's the 40-man roster edition list. That was a lot of fun. It seems like people like that file. So keep it tuned here, as they used to say, and we will continue our Rule 5 coverage. Today we're continuing our American League Central Top 10 series. With a podcast, and JJ has been doing the Royals top thirties since it feels like time immemorium. Back since Zach Greinke was their number one prospect, right? No, not that oh, far not not that no, no, that was Will
2: Kimmy back then. So, oh, it was Will Kimmy and then Matt Myers? Right? I took over the year that uh Hosmer was.
1: Two thousand eight. Hosmer.
2: I think it was hot. Like basically, all those guys wow. were the uh, were just you know the 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 wave had started to be assembled.
1: Hosmer and Moose Tacos. Harker M-
2: Mustakis. Then the next year, Will Myers, you know, joined the party. Um, I want to say, like, the first year I did it, it was—I I never had to write yeah. the truly fallow years.
1: This is Matt Myers uh, after the 2006 season, In the 2010 years ago. <laughs> writing Alex Gordon one, Luke Hochever two, Billy Butler three. But then Lubansky, Loams <laughs> did Meyer, Brian Bannister, Justin Huba, Billy Buckner, and Brent Fisher. It was, those were fallow, difficult times I to mean, be a right. Royals fan. And the and funny thing
2: is, is that one, two, three there,
1: that's better we than have what? three
2: guys who are still ten years later who are all active. I'm not saying that Luke Kochaver's career may not have been a little bit disappointing yeah. for 1-1, one, one, but he has had his moments. He, you know, he, he he has a ring. What was the band that sang the song Alive
1: and Kicking, and they also did the other song? It's, uh, it's Simple Minds. Yeah. Simple I Minds, I always think. Exactly. And so those guys are still alive and kicking. Um... The Royals' farm system now, J.J., I mean, I guess it's understandable. they've taken it's a follow this step period back, again. But it is. It is. I mean, like, you had a hard time deciding on number one. And they're just really, when you have, there's sometimes where it's hard to pick number one. Like, oh, man, Benintendi or Moncada. Where it's like two great tastes and you could go either one. You go chocolate or peanut butter there. This one just, you didn't really have an obvious number one. And you really didn't have a clear number one. And it's because... Really, none of these guys who were in contention to be the number one prospect Fit it should have been the number one prospect. I mean,
2: if you want, here, here, are, your, here are your candidates. And I actually did have a scout jokingly say said to me, no, 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 I like Ryan O'Hearn. He should be your one. So you know, <laughs> really? Ryan O'Hearn? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you believe in the bat, you know, I mean, he was number eight. So uh, I didn't go that way. Um, but your three candidates, really. Eric Scoglund's number four. I like Eric Scoglund. Eric Scoglin being number four. Eric Scoglin, the more I talked to people, the more he kept moving up. Yeah. But um, Pitchability, but, tall, left-hander. But, and the stuff, though. And the stuff's a little bit better than just pitchability. And the thing about it is, it really is a lot better than it was when he was in college. When he was in college, he didn't throw as hard as he did now. I, think I, have, a, I have a, you know, I, I mean, it's so huge. But he's the four. The thing um, I like about Eric Scotland also is, very durable. Mm-hmm.
1: 156 innings this year. He, he's ready to help the major league club Sooner than
2: later, you would imagine. So but um but the three guys, Josh Stamont Matt Strom, Hunter Dozier. And right. let's just lay out I'll do a very quick shorthand yes. version of Counselor, the, you have the floor. The case for Stalmont number one. He he throws a hundred, he throws a <laughs> hundred and two if you need it. He probably throws a hundred as easily as
1: any starter in right. professional baseball throws hundred. And,
2: and I should let me this is not Noah Syndergaard right now. Right. This is not he goes out and you just see a hundred consistently as a starter, but you see upper nineties consistently as a starter. He's made significant strides, and I say that this is a guy who led the minors in walks this year. And let me check the scoundrel. second in strikeouts. I believe and second in strikeouts. They weren't putting the ball in play much. It was <laughs> right. you know, were, but he has always been wild. His, Somehow
1: threw 123 innings. I mean, like and then
2: went to the A.F. The Royals let him eat. You know? So. But he, um, but he made significant strides of his control as the season went along. He has excellent stuff, obviously. And whereas when they drafted him, it was like, well, this guy's a, you know, he's going to be a reliever. He's not going to be able, There's no way he's going to be able to start. Look at guys now. It's like, you know what? There's not. I mean, this is one year later. His one, his first full season. He was in Double A. He was the ace right. of their playoff team. And he shoved down the stretch with the playoffs on the line, and then in the playoffs, that's a pretty good first year, even with all the wildness. And he was wild. That's the amazing part is it was his first full year in pro ball, and out of a out of, and this is not a guy who came from the SEC. This right. is a guy who came from Azusa Pacific.
1: Yeah, or the Pac twelve. I mean, like he really finished really strong in Double A after a not good first a half terrible of the season first half at Wilmington, but going to Double A. Something clicked for this guy. Did was it something that
2: clicked JJ or did he just perform a little better? Delivery better. better. Yeah. He uh what they one of the things they did, um Steve Luber is their double A pitching coach. And and he's really good. Guy, but he's really good. He's been with them for a long time. And one of the things they did was they added uh brought his hands above his head. And it just helped him with the timing, helped right. him stay back, you know, and helped him be on time at foot strike. Yeah, exactly. Oh, All oh, homage to Clint. Clint. <laughs> yeah,
1: gotta give a little The body's foot not productive,
2: right. Clint, you know. But uh <laughs>
1: I and mean, that's the thing. He's he's not his. It just seems like he's just I don't know, blessed, lucky, however you want to say it. He just has a special arm, JJ. Because it's not. I mean, it's not like he's super tall or strong. I mean, he's got a fast arm, but it's not like it's a lightning fast arm,
2: is it? It's it's just yeah. It just all adds up very nicely for him. And so that's the case for him. The yeah. goods. The goods are. I mean, it, there's no one in the organization with better stuff. The the downside is. He led the minors in walks this year. I mean, seven, and, that's like, and that was an improvement because he walked everyone in college. And
1: you gave him a 45 for control because it got better.
2: He probably could have gone four.
1: Oh, yeah. He probably could have gone three if he yeah. really wanted if to. If you did,
2: if you would not have number one. Yes. I, I, this is future grade. If I don't believe that he could end up with a 45 control, great he's not point. number one. That's
1: a great point. Um,
2: Matt Strom. Case for Matt Strong. Matt Strom is a lefty with legit stuff. A fastball that generates swings and misses.
1: He, who, basically, Matt Strom basically took the place of Brandon Finnegan in a lot of ways in this mm-hmm. organization. The guy who could have been in their big league bullpen as a left-hander, but they could develop as a starter. They did both with Matt Strom in 2016. Right. He was, he and he was, was quite good out of the bullpen, was almost a, too good.
2: He was a solid starter for them at Double A. Then they needed bullpen help. They brought him up. And 30 Ks in 22 innings is with 13 hits allowed. Is really good. It is, and he has a legitimate swing and miss fastball. He's got three pitches. There's nothing about him that says he can't start. Um, if you except said, for the fact that he has relieved very well in the right. major leagues, and they've been
1: like, hey, wait a minute. But the thing
2: with that though is, is that they can they can now cite they can say, look at Danny Duffy, because we did the hmm. same thing with Danny Duffy, and then we transitioned him to the rotation. I do think if you said, where is Matt Strom in 2017? I think it is probably. He starts the year in the Royals bullpen because this is truly this is this is the who saying that this is our last tour and <laughs> and we really mean it this time. this is what the Royals, this is where the Royals are at. They are this is you know this is this is the Royals their they're tribe called Quest when they say this is our last album yeah. and you know it is because there's no more fife unfortunately. Right. this is you the 2017 season is it. There is no financial way that you can keep Hosmer right. and Mustakis and Kane. Who actually and did do a Duffy. tour that was the last tour
1: then never toured again? Who actually did that? It's almost like uh, yeah, I don't know who I don't
2: know who ever did that. But um everyone always comes back for one more. You know, but uh but I guess REM did it. Maybe they'll come yeah, back. Yeah, no, but REM right now they have they legitimately said, look, like, no, this is it, we're done. And yeah. so far they've
1: been done. The rest of them are basically saying Michael's type is too weird, even for us now.
2: But but so I do think that he will be in their pen for that reason, but that does not preclude him from starting. So that's the case. The good for him is legit stuff lefty, middle rotation starter at the ideal role. I don't think he
1: quite has Danny Duffy
2: upside, does no, he? No, no, no. Okay. No, Danny Duffy was a I mean Danny Duffy was a top twenty five Duffy prospect lompoc um, baby um strom has I give strom credit he was a uh, uh, kind of uh, not a prospect really yeah nice when pick we,
1: by uh, matt price area scout out of that for, for part of that wake force mafia got a lot of those guys who worked down in the uh, yankees organization we used to have one here in the office and ryan johnson another uh, all-time ba fave uh, a lot of those guys out there in pro ball and, and matt uh, price is one of them was the area scout on Matt Strom, so a mid, like I said, a number three starter, maybe a lefty reliever. Yeah,
2: and you know what? If he's going to be a lefty reliever, as good as that may be, you don't Shouldn't want be that to one. be number
1: one. And then you have Hunter Dozier, who Monster. I guess really they think you know when you look at pedigree should be the number one prospect. He was a first-round pick three years ago. It was a little bit of like a money deal. They got, got to Shamanaya. Get Shamanaya, who
2: was their truly their, their Shamanaya is the guy they spent the most money on. Right, but. He still got legit money. He was a legit. He was a back of the first round type talent, not a top ten talent, but that's still a first round talent.
1: But Hunter Dozier at this time last year wasn't sniffing the top ten, even in a bad system. I think I
2: I think he was number thirty on last year's list, and it was like, I'm not giving. You know, he didn't totally give up. I was going to say, Bubba Starling's going. He went from seven to five to thirty. This Bubba and if you want this is the Bubba Starling right? It it goes up and down like that. That's the
1: guy who should be in the top of this list and isn't. But because um, he doesn't deserve to be. But so
2: here's the the case for Hunter Dozier. Hunter Dozier slugged six forty two this year in Double A, slugged five oh six in Triple A. Hit hit for average right around two ninety seven, two ninety eight between the two. Made it up to Kansas City at the end of the season for a late season call up. Had a great year. He really did. He struck out a lot, but he still had a great year. He struck out less than he had the year struck before. Struck out a lot, but he got to power. 23 homers, you know, this this year, which that's what you want. Yeah. And drew walks, you know, got on base, slugged, did everything. If this season was a natural progression just from 2013, Fourteen, yeah. first half of 2014 Hunter Dozier, you would say, yep, this guy's number one prospect. But you can't completely forget about the second half of 2014.
1: Anything over A-ball had vexed Hunter Dozier until this year.
2: Anything. And now he made some adjustments. He improved. There's all, you know, the body, you know, there's debates about whether the body's even better, but the swing is definitely better. A little less power of focus, which means he got to power because that's the paradox that is the world of baseball. Right.
1: But But he had, like, he had 16 home runs and more than 700 at-bats at double-A. Coming into this year. And then so, in his first 95 at-bats to start the year.
2: And the reason I say, and if this was a better year, but if we were at this time last year, and I was sucked in by this, even though I've kind of been skeptical, but Bubba Starling last year at this time looked like he'd really made some strides. You never were going to say Bubba Starling 60 hitter, but if Bubba Starling could end up being a 40 hitter. Right. Everything else plays. Bubba Starling's a center fielder who's an exceptional defender who can run, who can throw, who can hit for power. And if he hits 240, 250, great. You were basically thinking,
1: I mean, the comp we kept making was, maybe he could be Drew Stubbs. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could be that kind of player. Mm-hmm. You know, Maybe not even quite Drew Stubbs. He didn't run like Drew Stubbs. Right. But maybe right. he could be that kind of guy.
2: And then this year, what, what was this, is that as good as last year improvements seemed to happen, it all fell away this year. I'm not saying it's going to happen for Hunter Dozier. The other thing that's concerned with Hunter Dozier, again, when you're talking about a guy for number one, is Hunter Dozier is probably not going to play third base for the Kansas City Royals. For 2017, they have Mike Moustakas, and then they have Chesler Cuthbert, who was the fill-in when Mike Moustakas got hurt last year.
1: And perfectly solid player.
2: Perfectly solid player, not spectacular Always by any stretch. a solid rookie season. But Chesler Cuthbert is a better defender at third base than Hunter Dozier. So that's why Hunter Dozier learned started learning to play right field. Right. Well, he could be okay out there, but especially with the Royals, Hunter Dozier is not exactly what the Royals normally look for yeah. in a right fielder. Like, if you look at the guys who've played right field for the Royals, Alex Rios, at this point, is okay in his career, was not as rangy, but he still was a former, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's more of that right field profile. Paulo Orlando, very much. Draw Dyson's played right field. Low Cane. I mean, when they play Low Cane in right field, they play Dyson in center. All of those guys are at the minimum, really, at the minimum, except for Rios. They're plus defenders. I
1: mean, you really go back, I mean, even to like, you know, Al Collins, <laughs> or you go back to like yeah in the late '80s. I mean, like you know, where they had like was wasn't Daryl Motley the it's, right fielder on the '85 it, team? It's a big outfield. It's a, a big very big outfield, outfield. Yeah. and so they want off, some again, athleticism on the corners again.
2: And not that Dozier couldn't be a forty-five, maybe a fifty defender in right, but his arm doesn't play all that well out there so far yet. He's got to make adjustments to that. There's just there's some there are some obstacles for him, even though as good a year as he had he's probably headed back to AAA to start the season. And by the way, and I think he's probably, you know, Jorge Bonifacio's nine on this list, and Jorge Bonifacio's a left fielder, right fielder as well, with a better arm. Right. I think that's, I mean, Dozier's got a better bat, but there is, even take Paulo Orlando and those guys out of it, there still is his competition for that. So, again, like, those are your three guys. They all have pluses. They all have minuses. Right. And... I, if you look at this, the other way you could put it is is I could see three of these guys cracking the 100, and by cracking, I mean... Toward the back. Toward the back. I could see zero of these guys on the top 100.
1: I think I'll probably see at least one of them. I mean, I, Josh Stalman's really interesting. I don't know that I love him. I definitely wouldn't want him to be the number one prospect in my organization. But he's, he's pretty interesting for the top 100. Because, again, he does have... Stuff that very few other pitchers have in the minor leagues. I mean, you start with that 70 fastball and 60 breaking ball. There's, there's a lot there for mm-hmm. Josh too. There's a lot to like. JJ, the other thing I can't get past with the uh, Royals, and I like the Royals organization and front office. I like how bold they are. But they have the, one of the big reasons their farm system is not as good right now is they have missed on some first round picks. Mm-hmm. And let's just go since Hosmer, Aaron mm-hmm. Crow, didn't work out. Um, they didn't even sign him, right? No, they did. They did. Oh, they signed he him? Did? That, was he at, was, he that was was a Ford. Kansas City Royals all-star. That was oh wow. Uh, Christian Colón, fourth overall, the Whiff, whiff. That's a I And mean, I know he had his moment. Bubba Starling, Kyle Zimmer, who's still on this list. Kyle Zimmer, number ten here. Foster Griffin, I How skipped him? over Hunter Dozier. Foster Griffin, and then what about the so? The, so let's talk about their high school pitchers they've drafted of late. Foster Griffin, Nolan Watson, Ash Russell, JJ, all three of these guys didn't just not make your top ten. Those are three of statistically three of the worst years by pitchers of the minor leagues. Ash Russell
2: statistically was not because he had one he had one inning.
1: Okay. But Nolan Watson and Foster Griffin, those are I mean like look away. It's like Pipe Night over there. It's hideous.
2: Yes. And what's going on there? I mean, um, I'm putting you on the spot, I know. I'm sorry. <coughs> no, that's fine.
1: But Nolan Watson had a 7.57 ERA, and people love Nolan Watson.
2: Yeah, now I want to make sure I'm pausing for a second here just to make sure that I get it right. So Nolan Watson
1: was less than Randy Watson this year, Sex with
2: Chocolate. I always get Nolan and Foster confused as far as no. Okay, Foster's the one. Foster's the left hander Foster's a lefty who i mean, sound sad. Sad when I do that. But I still because I have done this before because we're drafted so recent, so close together. Um, really, with Foster Griffin, what's happened is is that he was drafted with the idea that this was a pitchability guy with solid stuff. All that has to happen is is if he, you know, you project him to gain a tick, mm-hmm. and if he gains a tick, then you're really talking about a mid rotation starter.
1: Yeah, he's and man,
2: then he spun a
1: breakable. ball. We saw him as good as you can see him here. High school teammates with Virginia's Adam Hazley at the NHSI Mm in 2014. Exactly. And really competed, spun a breaking ball. I saw him at Under Armour the year before. I like Foster But when you
2: saw him, and when we saw him at the time, if I remember right, it was 89-91.
1: Yeah, it was like 87-91 is what I was about to say. 87-91.
2: But he he really, uh, the secondary stuff, he knew how to use it. He was a good pitcher. Good pitcher at 87-91, and the idea was you draft this guy. He's got one more... All it needs is one more tick. If 87-91 becomes 89-93, to 93, you right. know, like two miles an hour, you know, basically, with that kind of stuff, that kind of feel, then you really got something. And the reality of it is, is that, and this happens, when you draft a high school guy, yeah. there is no guarantee he's getting more velocity. In his case, he has, at best, maintained that velocity and... The reality of this is he just doesn't have – he does not have a pitch. He's going out there with 40, 45 stuff Right. Every He's night. going out 40, 45 stuff every night. And I don't care how good you compete. I don't care if you locate. That's tough to do. I mean, just the, the high school
1: pitching they've drafted lately. You know, like Colin Rogers, the left-hander out of Louisiana. Got to a nice start to his pro career. He has beep, beep, beep. He has backed up. Uh, and then Watson and, and Ash and Russell. So the, I mean, those were – I mean, the high school pitchers in the 20 – are volatile – Phylum, there's mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. But in 2015, I remember people were very excited about Mike Nickorak, Nolan Watson, and Ash Russell. And ooh, all yeah. three of those guys are really off the poor starts in their pro career. And well, obviously, you know, they're not all Royals,
2: uh, Mike Nickorak's with the, with the Rockies. But uh, Griffin, I do think Griffin did not miss. I know this is going to, I mean, always probably because we haven't talked about it my post-top 10 yet too much. Griffin didn't miss the top 10 by all that much. Oh, wow. Okay. You can find scouts who saw him this year and liked him. That's he, interesting. I know that seems fascinating. His problem is, and I I don't want to get John Manuel on a John Manuelian rant. Is
1: this gonna be uh is this gonna be Bill Fisher related?
2: But his problem from scouts I talk to outside of the organization is is that he has a good slider, a terrible curveball, and a terrible changeup. And he doesn't throw the slider very often. This is like podcast from 2010. <laughs> and and so when he throws that curveball and changeup, it really gets beat up. And he said, but the thing about it is, is that if you see him, fastball's firm, it's good. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're basically throwing fastball and we're fastball, we're talking about Griffin.
1: Or we're talking about Watson. Griffin. Griffin. Okay.
2: Uh, no, the right hander. Watson. Watson. We're talking about no. Nolan Watson. Yeah, All Nolan right. Watson.
1: And Ash Russell just had some serious mechanical issues. It sounds like
2: got yeah got too big. um, I mean, really lost some lost some looseness. Lost looseness. The arm did did not have the arm speed he had before. I mean, I saw him in the
1: Appy League in 2015, and he was loose. He wasn't missing a lot of bats, but you know, it was August or late. It was no, no, it was July. Mm -hmm. It was on the way to the to the Futures game. game. It was July. I'm just not going to judge the guy. Draft here, getting used to pro ball. You're pitching in Bristol. Tennessee slash Virginia,
2: but the arm work you now. The delivery was always long was stabby, in the back. There was yes. always, you but he was stab- whippy and loose. Right. This year he was not loose. That's a problem. And because but you can get it that, back because of that. Though, like the the concerning thing is is, and he's going to make the thirty. But the concerning thing is is that he he wasn't throwing in instructs. He's not That's back. A yet. Problem. And so you expect him like you you really hope that twenty sixteen is just a lost season. I mean, Christian Binford, Scott Blewett. Scott, so Scott number Blewett's six
1: number six. So there's some hope for Scott Blewett. But they have invested pretty heavily in high school pitching with very little return. I mean, like Danny Duffy was drafted in 2007.
2: Mm-hmm. Mike Montgomery was now, drafted in 2008. But again, if you if you want to be the optimist about this, the thing about it is is that's both good and bad about high school pitching. One of the things that's bad about it is, is that, okay, Danny Duffy was drafted – Almost a decade ago. Yeah. Danny Duffy... I'm a cunt. Dan, Danny Duffy <laughs> gave up baseball a long time ago now and Forgot then returned. That. that feels like forever ago Yes, now. it does. Because, I mean, that was at the point... That so, really, basically, if you when, want a
1: Royals pitching prospect who's a high school kid to come through, first he has to want to quit. Because that happened to Greinke and a Duffy. And those are, the guys, those are the best high school pitchers they've drafted in the last 15 years. Am I right? Yeah. Okay.
2: But, um... <laughs> That's but, weird. But the thing about this is, if you said, when did Danny Duffy become, show signs that he's becoming everything they hoped he would be, it's 2016. Right. That's he's right. been. He's had his moments, but 2016 is when that happened. If you said, when does Mike Montgomery become Mike Montgomery, that they kind of hoped, it's 2016. That's true as well. And so what you're <laughs> saying with this is, is that... It takes a while. It takes a while. In Mike Montgomery's case, it takes... Multiple organizations. He's on his yeah. fourth organization when it kind of like... Yeah. He went Royals, Rays, Mariners, Cubs. And when the Cubs, it's like, you're the guy we're looking for. Yes. I, and Joe Maddon basically telling him in the bullpen... There's Chapman and you. They're the only guys <laughs> exactly. I believe in.
1: I like you so much. I'm going to warm you up four times yes. before I
2: bring you in. But but I'm <laughs> going to let you get the last out for your first save that you've ever had in your life. Baseball is. By weird. the way, and, by oh, the way, if you want to talk about kill the save, like you have to be yeah. a special guy to pitch the ninth inning. Yeah. Oh, how about the guy who got the last out in Game Seven of the World Series with. The winning run at the plate, yeah. admittedly in the hands of Mike Michael Martinez. Martinez, but is someone who literally had never been in that situation before in his life.
1: Baseball's a weird game. Um, you yeah, know, J.J., speaking of weird, let's look at the, look at the Royals 2012 draft. Mm-hmm. So, start off with Kyle Zimmer.
2: Still hope for Kyle Zimmer, you're saying, right? He's down there at we, number 10. The thing about Kyle Zimmer is, is that... I do think that I will end up ranking him every year until he's released from the organization. Because as of yet, yet this year, if you want hope if, as a Royals fan about Kyle Zimmer, thoracic outlet syndrome... Might finally explain... That might be like the where you go, we found it. Yes. Because before, you see great stuff at times, and then other times he's like, it doesn't feel right, but the ball's not coming out right. Most
1: of the time you just see him on backfields in surprise.
2: But... And that could explain it, which could finally be, like, we've given you now the keys to do what you've always been able yes. to do. So this draft hasn't produced a lot up
1: top. but you had, So Daniel Stumpf in the ninth round
2: Rule five has been. gotten
1: to the big leagues as a Rule 5 guy. I loved Zach Lovorn out of Oxford, Alabama High School in 2012. I wrote that guy up good. Andrew Triggs in the 19th round is a big leaguer. Big leaguer. Not for them. I don't think they might have even released him. Matt Strom. I mean... <laughs> Number two on your list, Alec Mills, 22nd round, He's has been in the right. big leagues. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's just so weird how this draft has, how some of these drafts for them have gone. So we detailed, they haven't drafted, I don't think there's any other way to say it. They have not drafted efficiently at the top of the first round. But now let
2: me. Now, I, Since
1: Eric Cosmer. They really
2: haven't. Right. Now again. They spent a lot of money. Mania was a good pick. I was gonna say, that, and they traded him. Well, I was gonna say the the thing worthwhile. about this is, is, Cody Reed was a good pick, second round, yes. They, they have it's. I would, I guess, I would change that a little bit. I do think where they are right now is there's a lot of it is is that they went all in to win and right. they won. I get because, it because hey, worth it as you wrote in the overview. Absolutely worth it. But if they, if you took this team, because Brandon Finnegan is a big league starting pitcher, also, right? You're also drafted. You know, again, the, the draft that you have to hope comes through for the
1: for the Royals to have. If they don't win in 2017, a, and they have a bad first half, they trade these guys and you rebuild through some trades. Because by the way, if, if they mean, have a bad May, you might want to just.
2: I was gonna say if they are sitting there. And it's tough to do because you are then saying, okay, it's going to take some time, right. a long time. These things but, take time. But if you look at this, that would be a much quicker rebuild. If you said Hosmer, Mustakis, Kane, I, you know Wade Davis, right? All these guys are available. You could you could literally rebuild a farm system. In, in one quickly. year. quickly.
1: I agree. I mean, that's... But... The other way, that if they don't do that... If, then, say if they, they don't, their guys it's a qualifying
2: offer, qualifying offer, qualifying right. offer. But the,
1: then you really need this 2014 draft class to come through, which started with Finnegan, traded, obviously, everything worth it. Foster Griffin, Chase Velo, who's number seven, like a Mike Napoli comp mm-hmm. if you like him. Scott Blewett, we always mention number six. Eric Scogland or Scogland number four. Mm-hmm. DJ Burt, North Carolinian. I, I very like fast. Teacher, 43 like steals this year. I kind of like him. Even Corey Ray, the other Corey Ray. Right-hand out of Texas A&M. Had a decent year. Say a little prayer for Brandon Downs' career. Winding down. Per, former personal cheese ball. Not working out. But Ryan O'Hearn, who's number 8 mm-hmm. on your list.
2: So if Corey Toops I like. It's number 15th round. Or 15th round, Corey Toops. So
1: if they're good in 2017 and they don't rebuild, the hope for their farm system has to come really from this draft class. That 2014 draft class has given them some indications of some hope. and That's that's fair. And then it?
2: the other part of this is, and then you're talking about you're sending qualifying offers to a ton yes. of guys, and you're saying, okay, we're going to have a 2018 draft bounty. Right. But the thing with the 2018 draft bounty is, is that that's still going to take... You're talking... You are then talking into the 20s. I mean, yeah, the right. reality of it is is that no matter what happens in 17, this is probably a team that is then going to be aiming for kind of the earliest ETAs, 2020, 2021, mm. just because of how you look. I mean, look at what time the process, how long the process took last time. Right. That was a 7, 8, 9, 10 process. Indeed. And it that was. led to success in end of 13, 14, 15, 16, maybe 17. So started in 07, ends in, starts really to kick in in 13. That's yeah. six years. I don't, again, that's not crazy. But now, again, if you're a Royals Fed listening to this, that's also logical from the standpoint of, yes, we won a World Series exactly. last year. You're, if you're a Royals fan, you're sitting there going, we won a World Series. I'm okay with this. And you didn't just win
1: a World Series. I mean, you went to back-to-back World back-to-back Series. Back-to-back World Series.
2: And it was exhilarating. Those were exhilarating teams. It was everything as a fan that you could hope for. And the reality of it is is that the other part of that is is that I, I you know, the Royals fans did come out, I think, pretty well this year. But I know that there has to be... They, when the rebuilding process hits there will also be somewhat of a a great winnowing not of fans because they've built another generation of royals fans right but it it is something where the casual fan will will check back in years from now
1: right because then it does and will rewatch their videos of the 2015 yeah.
2: then it goes back to the the fans the the hardcore who are like I remember ninety nine and, 2000, right, exactly. and 2001. I remember when we had guys fall down in the outfield and balls fall down. I remember
1: yeah. when Gil Mesh was our hope. <laughs> you know, was that two thousand seven, two thousand and eight yeah. when he got a big contract? So You
2: know I, so mean, other I remember when Jose Lima went from Atlantic League to our Ace. <laughs> on a winning team. The only winning team for a long stretch there
1: JJ's there super deep cut, but you just like a guy with the Royals that you like that you can't explain why you like him so much, but you like him?
2: Well, the guy, I not have a deep cut, but uh, the two guys who did not make the 10, who I could easily have put in the 10, um, I did go a little bit more on You're like level. Nicky Lopez, right? Well, I wouldn't even go, go him. He's okay. In, but uh, Khalil Lee, okay. who's a tough guy to rank right now because Khalil Lee was their third-round pick. Now, the other thing you got to remember with this is, with the Royals, is they didn't have a first-round pick this year. Right. They had no money. That the was the other
1: part of it. Is they they had the second-smallest bonus pool. And I, they've been drafting now.
2: They are now... They are a they yes. are bearing the if you go to the World Series two years in a row, you don't draft high, right. Um, right? And you don't have a lot of money to spend with that. But they did not have a first round pick. But so AJ Puckett made their top ten, their uh, second round pick, and then Khalil Lee was their third round pick, and had a great A Z L debut. And to be honest, he didn't make this ten because there's a little bit of okay, that was really good. It was the A Z L. Let's see you do it again, yeah. just from the standpoint of you're going to still rank prominently but right a third rounder does that we can't throw away everything that we thought we knew right. from the drafts yet he would he lasted the third round for a reason exactly so and then the other guy who is sully matthias who had a a very powerful so i thought you were gonna
1: say mabris
2: uh, see, <laughs> i see i could, you know this is royals i could go on for another four hours if we wanted but Sully matthias who has prototypical right field tools. He's the Esteban Florial of the Royals organization. Doesn't run as well. Okay. But, uh, but he plays center right now, but really he's going to be a right fielder as he fills out and all that. But he had he showed mammoth power, yes. and he also showed some strikeouts. Yes. But he also went to the AZL in his first professional season. Always good when you skip over the lead. Uh, when the, you're the, good the enough the to DR. do that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to like there. Um Again, I, I do think that there's some uh, some players, they spent some money. They, they've done a really good job in Latin America year after year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so... Um, so th- those are my guys. I, I, I like
1: Nicky Lopez, the way he described him. I know he didn't stand out to me when I saw him in the Appy League. By this, I knew that he was the... I was like, oh, Nicky Lopez, kid from Creighton. He, and was, like he was hitting like three-hole for them, it, and he really dominated that league.
2: Not, it's not inconceivable that when we look at the college shortstops right. from the 2016 class, which did not, there was no Bregman, there was no Swanson, there was no Trey Turner, there was none of those guys. No Kevin No Kevin Newman, no Kyle Holder even. There may be a Kyle Holder in this I don't place, know about a seven defender. But uh, there may be a six defender pit. You know, okay. Maybe. Maybe. Sure. Um, but when you look at it all said and done, in a class where the college shortstops, the draft class of college shortstops was very... I have the beholder. The college
1: shortstop class took a deep breath and said, let's, 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 let's take, take a let, breath. Let's, exactly. Let's, let's gather our steam
2: after losing. And we knew all that. that a year, like, okay. We kept saying this is nothing against Ryan Howard. Um, yes. But Missouri's Ryan Howard. Right. When we're watching USA Baseball and we're like. But this is not a good sign. This that is the not college a good sign that Ryan Howard, who was the seventh best shortstop in the SEC as a draft eligible sophomore, was the college national team. Was the team college shortstop. national team shortstop the next, you know, the following uh, summer. But, um, is a chance that Nicky Lopez could be at near the top of that group. He's right. a good athlete. Um, he has excellent feel. He, it's you, you could say that he showed no power in college, but he was played at Creighton. Exactly. I that's, mean, you could you could have sixty power, and it's like he had two home runs. That's right. I think Mike Gerber hit eleven home runs
1: there. I'm pretty sure that's the highest for any Creighton player, and he did a, a ten, I think ten were on the road. The late great Steve Pivovar. I think I found that story uh, this year editing Mike Gerber. I mean, like, you know, the thing is for for, uh, Lopez is he's 22, so I would assume they move him pretty quickly next Mm -hmm. year. A little surprised that he was at Burlington. And then mabers Valoria is interesting because the guy really, really hit. But um, it it would be nice to look at this a year from now and see some of these players have a little bit more performance in the minor leagues because basically all your guys who were top guys uh, who were high draft picks did not perform. Uh, for the for the Royals, the high for draft the most picks. Part,
2: the high draft picks. You would say. I mean, like Hunter Dozier's still high draft pick, and he did perform. He performed. But no, uh, Scogland. really, Skoglund was a late round. You know, it was a fourth rounder, a third rounder, third, third rounder, right, and yeah. so you know, and he performed. But it is the late rounders like Strom. You know, Puckett, second rounder, who just arrived. Chase Filo was a supplement for first round, and he performed But we got hurt.
1: Yeah. But I do like A.J. Puckett. I, I mean, obviously, I did this column on him in the spring. I'm an A.J. Puckett but, fan. But at the same time, he's a right-handed pitcher with a fringy breaking ball right now. And yeah, how much fastball is he really going to have? Is he, he's a command-oriented starter. Granted, at the college level, it was exquisite command. But is he going to have that fine a command as a pro?
2: Really, what, again, it comes back to is, is when you talk about the Royals' dress, you know, I, I may think that they're... Again, the Christian Cologne pick is one that looks awful. I mean, just awful in hindsight because he right. was fourth overall. But it really comes back to these high school pitchers. Can Blewett, you know, they don't need all four of them. They're not going to get all four of them. You right. knew that when you drafted them. Right.
1: That's but right. can you
2: get one really good one and one okay one out of it? And if you do that, it's all, and I don't. I still do think they have a shot at that. I, I would say Scott Blewett, the reason he's number six, is that you are talking about a New York kid, so right. old weather guy. Some time. Yep, and he's making progress. He's basically had a good half season each of the last two years, and a bad half season. This year, the good half season was the second half. Right, right. Okay, and then if whether it's you know Watson or Ash Russell, ask Russell. Maybe it's Griffin, Foster you know. Griffin. But one of those other guys becomes a back end starter exact or relief. Then you, then, <laughs> not. then you're okay. You know, but again. You're not going to get all four of them, right? And you, but you were never going to get all four of them.
1: That is how that's how it's worked. So uh, it is amazing how we end up talking about Royals pitching development again. But uh, I, I, I really they, was like, they oh, can just—they can't hear me because when they have their pennant ring and World
2: Series ring in their ears. I mean, they can—they can, again. And the thing about it is, they is can tell that, me to and, stick it. And they also can now say when you say, "Can you develop starting pitching?" They, they can did. say Jordano yes. Ventura and Danny and Duffy. Danny Duffy Say hello. And they also can say, and by the way, are. Cody the, Reed and Brandon. Oh, Cody Co, Reed, Sean Maniah, Brandon Finnegan. Again, they traded correct. away three guys who you could pencil into, potentially pencil into their 2017, rotation. Correct. Like, that would be a 3 left handers. They could, they could oh, put together, the they literally could have put together without the trades, they could have had four lefties and Ventura that are a five man homegrown rotation where you say, this is a good rotation. Yeah, it's
1: a it's a rotation that could compete. No, you're right. So and the, again, Cody the Reed to me thing is, is, is the one trades. of
2: their. Cody Reed is, I know he had a bad. I'm still I got to write him up for the Reds. Right. He's still eligible. But so I know he had a bad MLB so debut. Bad. De- bad MLB debut. But the stuff is really good. And he that really was a great developed. pick. So you know, the Mississippi
1: Junior Colleges in 2013 was where it was at. Cody Reed and Tim Anderson. I mean, and uh, we liked writing about those guys that year. So. Great stuff, JJ. Hope you guys enjoy it. We'll be back with another. Uh, so we'll spin the wheel and see which AL Central team we do tomorrow as we try to do a uh, uh, finish a magazine before Thanksgiving. But uh, enjoy this one on your drive, your flight, wherever you're going for the holiday. If we don't talk to you tomorrow, we'll try to come back we're with another co- podcast we're hoping on Tuesday. we talk to you tomorrow. All right, for JJ, I'm John. We'll see you in the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.
2: This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.